Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Lifters League podcast, the Strength and Muscle Science podcast. I'm Ben Ashmole. Uh, as ever, I'm joined by world-class strength coach Gus Cook. And who we got today, Gus? Zen. We have Zen from... <laughs> Not Xena. No. The warrior princess. Um, from Swift Academy... What's it again? Swift, Swift Movement Academy. Swift yeah. Movement Academy. Um, I remember you. You came to one of my... I did. ...workshops. You stood out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, since then, I, I actually followed, followed you and, and liked a lot of your work. Thanks. I you know, definitely... Um, resonated with some of the your philosophies behind approaching approach to rehabilitation and training coaching i think some of the saying we've seen the same similarities of we've seen across a lot of the coaches that we're bringing on and and and, and uh clinicians uh, the holistic approach to addressing addressing issues or progressing in sport or overcoming which workshop was it just out of interest I think it was just one of your like intro to powerlifting, like the big yeah. three. I think that was my, one of my really early ones, really really early ones. Yeah. Um. So, um. You you're you're so you're the head. What, what do you call yourself? The head exercise. Yeah. So your, your head, head coach or what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, up until last week, it was just me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so now there is um, another practitioner on board which is very exciting um so business is growing and um she's amazing and she actually doesn't graduate from exercise physiology until the end of the year but um like well above anyone else i've seen at her level Mm -hmm. and she's actually uh a powerlifter and she's got some pretty good numbers so i mean she walks the walk really well so just culturally a really great fit and um you know i was getting so many inquiries i had like a wait list of like 16 people so right okay um i can't service everyone um so she's the next best thing so so your sorry your your core business just to clarify is injury rehabilitation uh well i guess yeah so the way that i talk about it is that uh and i guess my mission statement is um that we use education and empowerment to help people self-manage their own injuries so um it is one-on-one coaching um and as an exercise physiologist that qualifies me to do i guess the middle ground work between physiotherapy and personal training yeah so um it basically encompasses everything from, you know, your baseline level, you've got an injury or, you know, you need something rehabbed all the way through to I just get a little bit of niggling pain in certain lifts or, you know, I just need some help with guidance or whatnot or they just want someone who's got a little bit more expertise to be able to safely and effectively train them. So are you are you more, in a sense, bringing them bringing up like as a – guess treatment and coaching is that what you're trying to do are they, is like is that like kind of the approach you're taking where you're trying to bring more to the equation I guess yeah well I guess so exercise physio- physiology is a pretty like I guess new discipline um in terms of treatment it's all exercise treatment so um, we use exercise as medicine uh, there is no hands-on manual therapy there's no um diagnostic um, testing or anything like that. So um, basically we can get the information from a physio or whatever saying this is what they've got and then we run with it. 
So, uh, you know, someone's torn their ACL, we can take them all the way through that process. And I think physiotherapy does a really good job at that initial very acute, like, you know, you wake up in the morning and you literally can't move or rotate and you just need some sort of hands-on treatment to help support that to get you started. But once you're, the ball's rolling or, you know, once you're reducing your pain and, and you're ready to move or reintroduce back to the gym, I think there's a massive gap because people sort of often I hear stories of where people have gone to physio it's like one or two sessions it's like cool you're pain-free see you later do what you want to do and it's like yeah I'm pain-free when I'm at rest sitting down but I want an Olympic lift and I can't put a barbell over my head like that is the gap that we fill so you know that between and inclusive of pain to performance Mm -hmm. as opposed to um, either just that early stage or you know, like when they are really performing, it sort of bre- breaches, bridges that gap for people. Okay. It's just more like trying to find that fundamental source of the trigger and addressing things in a very holistic approach yeah. to, from move, to from treating the pain to movement. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you, like I, th- I think people misinterpret like being out of pain as like, oh, I'm good, I'm fine. Mm. And it's like... Yeah, but what got you into this spot in the first place and why does it keep recurring and why aren't you strong enough to be in the positions that you're trying to force your body in in work or in the gym or whatever? And exactly what you said, Gus, like not addressing the underlying issues. They're just getting that quick Band-Aid fix from a health professional who's like, cool, you're good now, see you later. And then they think they're good and then the cycle repeats. So I got a lot of people who are so frustrated because they've gone through that cycle three, four, five, six times over the course of years and they're like how can I stop this from ever being an issue not just for fucking three weeks so I can yeah (laughs) I I, so I hear a lot of that with them specifically with deadlifts like we talked a lot about deadlifts I had a problem with that anyway I got told by multiple people you just shouldn't deadlift like (laughs) you're you're not just not built for deadlifting who were the people telling you that right so these are all so I (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've had a lot, a huge history of hamstring tears. Mm-hmm. Um, I play, I, I played soccer professionally when I was a kid, and it it, it just plagued me. Um, it was back in the day before strength training was introduced to team sports at all, so I was just weak, mm. overweight. It just I wasn't built to play the sport, and so but the injuries happened. Hamstrings are like high speed running meters, and yeah. hamstring tears are like the most common thing, especially right. if you don't have the strength eccentrically to support the the force that you're trying to produce. It, exactly, <laughs> exactly. A- anyway, so I I've been plagued with it for years. I I got ultrasounded to fucking death. We, we spoke with that man, with Andrew a lot. Like I, everyone would just fucking ultrasound me. Um, yeah, and then got into the gym, and my lower back would just. I, I deadlift and a couple of weeks into deadlifting, I just outside of training, lower back stiffens up mm. every morning, can barely move. And I, and I, I go to people and they just, and multiple people said, one of them was a chiropractor. He was like, just some people just can't deadlift and it's a dangerous movement, is what I've heard a lot. Like, it's a dangerous movement that. Anyway, I did 20 minutes with Gus. <laughs> and, and I've been fucking hammering the deadlifts, no problems. Yeah, and I just, I just fuck bad technique. Just a bad technique. But right? the, but the other thing is, like, obviously you need accessories to support. Of that, course, so, yeah. Which obviously Gus would be all over. But the other thing is, like, how heavy did that Cairo lift, if anything? 
you know, like yeah. where are you getting these sources of information from? Like I get a lot of people who come to me and it's it's even like a specialist, like um, sports doctor or yeah. someone who's got these massive qualifications. And I'm like, but put like, what are they actually doing? Like, are they in the field? Have they been there? Do they actually understand? Or are they just, I think people sort of um, blanket coats certain exercises or movements and they're like oh they're bad for you or just don't do those because it's safer on their fucking insurance to say like oh if you don't do this therefore they're fine and it's like but if the people want to do that find them a way to do it Mm. as opposed to just demonizing one movement Mm. especially if it's something like a deadlift when you're gonna fucking move house and try to pick up a fridge like you can't that's that's (laughs) it yeah i think this is where like you know, we're not. We just said this with Will. We're not. We're not. We're not robots. We're not. You know, we're not. We're not uh, uh, a bunch of data and ranges that have been picked up from you know general population studies. And do we fit the mold of, or do we fit those molds? But every single person is individual, and everyone's individual. You know, our approach to each individual needs to be specific to specific to specific to them. And I think we, when you've also practiced it yourself, we understand what is applicable, what isn't applicable, and we're not just this bunch of information that when you, especially when you learn in academia, I mean, there's so much, mm-hmm. it's a lot of a lot of information, but it's just what 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 is how, how how much importance does each thing have? And sometimes you know there's a lot of people out there who break who who can break the mold quite a bit, and um, and some people's personality traits or specific injuries to various sports, and yeah, I think people get almost like it's hard because in a lot of academics they get like a paralysis by analysis because they're like oh I can't do this and I can't do that I can't do that so I'm just gonna fucking lift nothing Mm. and it's like okay but that's not helping the scenario so it's required to take a step back and and sort of not only look at like who and where are you getting this information from like have you actually sought out someone who's been in a scenario or works with people like this or you know like athletes tear hamstrings and and all sorts of injuries all the time and then three weeks later they're back on the field like why are we treating bodies so fragile fragile? yeah (laughs) frustrating we forget forget the human i've said this said this before you know if we if we were that if we were that sensitive you know we would have we wouldn't have we we would have died thirty thousand died out (laughs) thirty thousand years ago we're, we're resilient and very adaptive. Absolutely. And the body's elastic. Like it's got an element of plasticity and so it adapts to what you put it through. And so, yeah, maybe you can't deadlift 100 kilos after you've torn your hamstring yeah. without, you know, addressing technique and addressing the hamstring deficiency that you have. But it doesn't mean that the deadlift is that thing that needs to be um, thrown away. I think I think if your goal is to remove, I, th- I think a lot of practitioners. Well, <laughs> that 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 their goal is to remove the pain complaint, mm. and the easiest way to do that is just yeah. not to do the movement at all. Yeah, right. Like that. That's an easy. If they if they don't come back, I've kind of done my job. Is yeah. what a lot of practitioners well, will probably think. I was talking to someone the other day, and they're talking about. Um, apparently, Google um, originally had this statement. And it was like their their mission statement was do no evil, and it's like, but are you actually doing any good? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, you, if you point. do nothing, you might not be doing evil, but you're not actually benefiting anyone or anything. Mm. So are you just negating 
the positive because you're like sitting just above maintenance level or like at maintenance level, but you're not actually striving yeah. for anything in your life. Yeah, good point. <laughs> good point. And, and and another thing you covered there that, that that Andrew mentioned when we were talking about because Gus rehabbed a pec tear um, in a time frame that sounded ridiculous to me, but it, obviously you did it and it makes sense. But he he mentioned that we have the habit of training muscles to be lumps of meat, basically like this whole idea that you just don't move them. Mm. Until you're completely pain free, and then just go hundred percent into the movement again, rather than training the the muscle to become what it's supposed to be again. You know, active recovery. Yeah, absolutely. And and the more and more that people are finally, are, you know, getting out of potential surgeries and whatever, it's like get up immediately, go walk, go do this, go be active, go start. Like the fact that uh, injury protocols are now, like it used to be rice, rest, ice, compression, elevation. Yep. And then it was recipe, it was rest, elevation, compression, ice, passive exercise. And then now it's like this other acronym, like peace and love. I don't remember what it stands <laughs> for. But basically it's like passive exercise is like one of the first things that you do. And then you start to move. And I think the L for love is like loading and things like that. So we've come a long way. I just think that it's potentially in like we know this, but general population is still like, oh, like I'll still get text messages from people. Oh, I roll my ankle. I'm putting ice on it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like ice, ice is like a freezer. It's just pausing and delaying the process of inflammation. And like our body's smart. Like if you are injured, it's sending inflammation to the area for a reason so that it can send blood and nutrients that come with that to help to actually heal what's going on. Ice is just an analgesic. So it's just just like if you're in an incredible pain, sure. But every other time I, I recommend heat or just, you know, moving lightly mm. through like a little bit of pain is okay. Mm. Like we're not going to break going into a two out of ten pain. Like you don't have to be pain free is not the goal. I don't <laughs> probably controversial. <laughs> no, no, but no, no, it, no, it is because, <laughs> because the, the, I used to get the fucking – Bag of ice, cling wrap. Oh my god! Fucking every time, every time, just wrapped around my leg, and I used to walk around surrounded by ice all yeah. the time. Like, just yeah, sat up on the couch, leg up. Yeah, not doing any movement. Actually, <laughs> doing more harm than Pre good. Yeah. Pre prepping the hamstring just to tear again immediately yeah. straight away afterwards. Yeah. If you're interested to know, like, what what you got, you got. Like, we have we trying. We also tr obviously tr try and get people out of pain. I mean, I've recently taken on. I've always, for when I had lifters league the gym, I only worked with I only worked with powerlifters and athletes and stuff. So since I've come out, I've I've started taking on a broad spectrum of um, gen pop clients and gen stuff. Gen pop yep. clients again and stuff, and noticing the massive difference in pain threshold. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, this is an interesting. Story. Yeah, okay, go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's 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 what's your what's your what's your what's your approach? Because like I'll have I'll have someone jump up and and. Oh, this and complain about that and it's like okay well, what's what's the scale about a one uh, they want to let you one. know with everything <laughs> yeah but it's so so athletes and gen pops are literally the complete opposites you tell an athlete to do 10 they do 30 you tell gen pops to do 10 they do two maybe mm. on a good day right so like i think they're honestly like training 
completely different species almost like they don't have the same mindset or mentality and you know some people want the bare minimum and some people will go over the top so you have to I guess understand the nuances and the differences and the, and the drivers of people like some people just want to you know have their 45 minutes and then that's that's them for mm. the week or whatever it is whereas athletes are like what do I how do I get that 0.1 percent better mm. how do you go about trying to get people to Let's say we, we're, we're very far on the spectrum of like very low pain, pain threshold. Mm. We're at, at some point, like there's always a niggle. There's always something else like, okay, there's something there. We'll see how we go next week. Goes away. Okay. Don't mm. worry. Um, and if it's not reoccurring, okay, not a problem. Um, so w- what about those people with those really low thresholds? I mean, w- what's your approach with those people? Like are we, are we going to like – Cotton wool, wrap yeah. them? <laughs> are we going to try and address it or is like – do you start to educate them in a way that is like how, how to think about that? Yeah, or super, super interesting question. Um, I think I'm probably a little bit more aggressive in my approach with that. Um, I, you know, some people come to me and because they think rehab, they think pain. And so they're always like, oh, I'm coming to Xenia for um, pain or rehab or like I need to – like that's – that's their forethought. And I literally, like, I've got students who are with me at the moment. I'm like, that's the last thing you want to be talking about with them. Like, the more you reinforce that, the more they feed into that and the more they're going to continue to talk about that and think that that's, you know, like, that's what we want or that's what, you know, like, that's the focus. And especially with, you know, physiotherapy, chiropractic, whatever, like, you're going there and they talk, how's your pain? How's it now? How's it, like, pain, 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 pain. But what happens after that? And... Some people, like, a lot of the time in, like, in I think it's at least 50% of low back pain cases, like, after two weeks, it'll just go away by itself. Mm-hmm. We're changing nothing. And I think that people, and rightly so, like, I, I have a lot of clients who, you know, they've had recurring things or whatever, so they've become, like, hyper-aware or hypersensitive to anything. And so um, I often have, and, you know, some clients who I'm working through, it's effectively like pain management, like psychology almost, um, where I literally say to them, I'm like, okay, what's your pain at? Um, sometimes I don't even say that, but like, you know, if, if they're a little bit sensitive towards it, I'm like, a, like in their first session or whatever, it's like, what's your pain at? It's like, oh, it's a five or whatever. I'm like, cool. If it doesn't increase, we're not talking about it. Like if it stays the same or it gets better, it's a non-issue. Like I don't want – like I don't use the word pain in their uh, session. I don't talk about it. I think it's it's just that's highlighting and focusing around pain as like the goal mm. when I think capacity and performance and ability is way more important. Like I don't care if your pain stays at a 4 out of 10 for three weeks if you previously couldn't touch the floor and now you can bend all the way down and, you know, or pick up your kids or whatever it was, you know, you can't put your hand behind your back and now, you know, you're overhead pressing or whatever. Like I think that's a lot better of a goal to be focusing on is their capacity and that that brings them a sense of achievement and purpose as opposed to like, oh, now I'm out of pain. And then also they're like, oh, cool, now I don't have to do anything. Now I'm done. This process, tick, off, done. Like no more strength or no more whatever because I've reached the goal but people just can't see past – like a lot of people that I see can't see past pain. Like like getting pain-free is their goal, but it's not. Like see, no I'm one's goal is to just live like at the baseline level. People do have aspirations. You just have to sort of break down those barriers and build them up and, and help them believe that 
you can get past like like pain is is zero it's not negatives but you're not at like your 10 out of 10 mm. positives seen it people who've been in pain for so long it, it's almost it defines them and trying to change yeah. that language and and the way they try to approach training that everything just becomes everything about training becomes just hypersensitive because mm. they've just created this narrative yeah i think i think it's hard too because like yeah, people will come to me because of pain or, you know, I think a lot of PTs don't get the credit that they deserve because um, they're like, oh, what would you know about it? Um, and, you know, arguably they're not qualified to work in that space. But um, I think I can say the exact same thing as a personal trainer and be like, it's fine, you're okay because I have some letters at the end of my name. People listen to me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's like that reassurance from someone who they trust is all that they need. It, this my impression of like my observation of gem pop also i guess i am gem pop I like, to th- I like to think i'm not but i fucking am but like the gem pop doms falls under oh pain management like that literally they don't see it as they don't see it as a recovery kind of indicator they see it as a reason to suggest the training is wrong, even like DOMS, which is just a recover part of recovery, right? Like that the the threshold for that is that that's a reason to pull back rather than to recover better or whatever it is. Like it it's like saying somebody who wants to squat, um, you're doing it wrong if you ever have any knee aches. It's like kind of, it's kind of going to come in there at some point, right? And it doesn't mean it's doesn't mean you're injured. You know, no, not necessarily. I guess like it eventually. I mean, it comes and goes. I mean, injuries, injuries, but it depends on what I'm doing and what kind of phases we are in training. If I'm in yep. competition, uh, it's always uh, it's going to happen. It's, yeah. it's going to happen. How can I best manage it, and can I not make it worse? Um, and what kind of what can I change? How can I change my training to reduce that impact? If, but it's not for me. I mean, again, this is a, a different scenario. Um, it's those I mean I should be setting myself up before a competition to not let that happen in the first place. Whatever the mm. whatever the trigger whatever that trigger is. Um, and but if you're pushing the envelope, like you only know when you've got to an eleven after the fact. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> like, percent. Yeah, like you, sometimes I mean, and that's you know, like if you're gonna work to be the best in the world at anything, like you're going to be teetering on that, like edge of that mountaintop like you're either at the top climbing at the top or you're falling down there like and you've I guess if if that's the goal to be world class then that's the risk you take Mm. you know because you don't know what your body's capable of and if you've never been there before and if you're still climbing then uh, you take as many measures as you can but at the end of the day like that that learning curve and that process of like everyone's gone too far and gone, oh, probably shouldn't have done that. But then you realise for next time and then you're better prepared. Here's a question. Is is pain and injury part of the journey? Part of the journey of just life? It, is it a, like are compete, you saying is like it a good competing. thing? Like it, not, not a good is thing, it, but... Is, inevitable? Is it, is, it, is it part of the journey of becoming good? Good. Yeah. Competing. Would uh, you... I mean... I don't think anyone's gone through any sort of competition injury-free forever. Yep. And I think 
and I actually um, did a podcast with um, Brandon Greco and Johnny Bad um, recently, other powerlifters. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for other people. Um, and oh, what were we talking about? I was talking, we were talking about like um, if you're if you aren't pushing the envelope or whatever, like if you're if you're not working towards or if you've never been in pain, then you're probably not performing. Like. Something I think something sound counterintuitive because like you know, we work hard to never let pain come, like but everyone ends up in pain at some point, yeah, at some so, point uh, in time or getting injured. It, which is why I talk about injury management instead of injury prevention mm-hmm, because yeah. I think injury prevention is again that low level like you're you're not pushing and and it's just the conversation around how you approach it I think is mm. important and and understanding that and I think you know like all of us have obviously had injuries and I think that we're all better coaches because mm-hmm. of it. Um, and I think I put up a post recently saying, um, like, I actually think that it's beneficial for everyone to experience pain and to go through that. Like, if if you imagine, like, the things that have make you, made you the strongest in your life, it's all super painful, whether physically or emotionally or, or whatever. They're very painful experiences at the time. Mm-hmm. But if you can push through those barriers and come out the other side, you're way better off. Mm-hmm. I think I really like that that language, in, uh, injury management. Yeah, because well, when you just well, it, it, I mean it, it seems it seems it seems it seems small, but in, in comparing injury prevention to injury injury management, I mean, it just seems because I come across people you come across people all the time. It's like they're injured. I stop. <laughs> it's like no, yeah. we've never just we've never just stopped because some people will stop with some of the smallest things. And I've had I've had athletes with horrific injuries. You know, um, probably the common one is is, is disc injuries. Yeah. You know, but we still get th- we still get through their training. The, the whole obviously the whole process changes. But men, like so mentally, they don't want to stop. Mm. And there is a there is a solution. Yeah. You know, and so they manage their pain. They manage their injury all the way through. And if anything, they become better athletes. A lot of my a lot of my athletes who have had serious injuries have ended up being so much better yeah. coming out the other end. Absolutely. I train at like a current three-time world champion bodybuilder and um, she has had the most horrific injuries. Mm-hmm. But she's literally top of the, the world in her specific area of training and she is so diligent and she's so on board with everything I say and I'm like, okay, well, um, you've had previous like hamstring issues and whatnot, which is what I was going to say to you before. I was like, we're going to start sprint training. Which is the hardest thing ever for hamstrings, and you're you probably cringe just at that thought, but it's yeah. like you need to like like they have so much more trust in the process, and they understand, and they will do all their prehab, and they will make sure that they're doing as much as they can. Whereas someone, some little like you know, twenty one year old who's you know fresh and roses is like, oh yeah, cool, I'm unbreakable, and they'll just they're just like, oh, I don't need to do all this extra shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do, we, complacent. Do, do we do we do we change the language? I mean, with expectation, with when it comes to injuries, like it's gonna happen, or what's 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 the, what's the language using? We get someone new. We know you know want to push the envelope. We know what's gonna happen. Mm. I mean, what kind of language are you using for those people? You know, it's gonna happen. One yeah, day. I think it's hard. I think potentially with athletes, yes. I think for Gen Pops, it's a it's a different conversation mm-hmm. uh, because they're more terrified of that and. I guess athletes, athletes too, like they don't want a serious injury that knocks them out. 
um, of competing. But um, I definitely think that we need to have a better understanding of the fact that pain is inevitable. It's what makes us human. 80% of adults have experienced low back pain in their life. Like it's not going to be your ending career or movement journey Um, and exercise makes it better and there's so I'm so grateful for the people who are in the field of exercise research who are now putting out papers finally about like the benefits of movement and exercise and how that should be our go-to treatment I love the fact that physios and chiros and whatever are all trying to jump into the exercise space to help out I just think that some of them are probably not qualified to go through that full journey which is why exercise physiologists exist you know like pass on or refer on when it's outside your scope of practice but definitely use exercise as your primary modality to help someone and education they're the two biggest things Mm. it always seems to be um no matter what's like it's like the the foundations of the foundations of 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 managing a healthy life no matter what it's always this it's just exercise exercise nutrition if we haven't even exercise nutrition mindset all all these basic holistic things i mean eventually if we haven't if we just haven't even addressed those simple things i mean how do we know if other things if what what you know how do we know if there's something else i don't know how to put this it's like the holistic approach to addressing i guess any Let's let's just talk about if we talk about let's scrap what I just say. Like <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Something in my head and I can't <laughs> seem to can't seem to bring it out. We just had a conversation before we started, and you, you're talking about how personal trainers got it right, uh, got something right. Yeah. You know what 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 what, what, were, what was that what was that about? I think so. We're talking about um, so how health professionals and and in that industry. They sort of do one, two, three sessions maybe mm-hmm. and then they send you on their way. Mm-hmm. And it's like these are the most on paper qualified people to be able to help you to deal with your pain or your injury or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not going to be fixed after three sessions. There's no chance that you've built the strength back required to not have that injury recur. No chance. Three sessions? Are you kidding? Have you done three sessions with someone and they've been strong enough to, like, mm. it doesn't happen. So I think what I was saying with personal trainers getting it right is that they do look long term and they do go, hey, you know, you want to gain 20 kilos to your squat or you want to lose 10 kilos or whatever it is. Like, these goals are big and you can't, like, the health health practitioners, I think, as a whole, we are doing the industry a disservice by using trying to give all our knowledge in in two sessions Mm -hmm. and then be like see you later like you're fine Mm -hmm. when i think we have so much more opportunity to be able to continue that but um i guess it's hard when people go oh i'm not in pain i don't need to see the physio Mm. and it's like do you feel you get put in that category of I feel I'm I'm sort of in the middle, you know, like like I said before, it's sort of between that um, physical therapist and that personal trainer is, is where I sit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does need to be a continuum and a spectrum. And sure, maybe you see the physio for a couple of sessions, but then what are you doing? Like mm-hmm. all health pr- practitioners and professionals should be referring on mm-hmm. because there is no way in hell that you have completely rehabilitated someone 
after two sessions. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. Like, could you imagine, like, if you had all this traumatic, like, PTSD or whatever, and you went and saw a psych for two sessions, they're like, you're cured. It's like, no, you're not. Like, you've just literally started the process. And people, people, I think they want, they obviously, everyone wants a quick fix. Like, but if you actually want to change your life and improve for the long term and have this longevity, then that is years, mm-hmm. not sessions. How do you how you get how do you get that across to someone who comes to you? I'm in pain, you yeah. know, and they want to they want to achieve something. Um, what wh- what is the process you're going through to get to get them out of that mindset of I need to get out of pain to having this process to uh, long term long term management? Yeah, so. I guess the first thing is like asking them their goals. Most of the time it's, I want to be pain-free. And I'm like, okay, cool. I usually uh, use the term like, okay, uh, magic bubble. I click my fingers. We are 12 months in the future. I can guarantee you in this magic bubble, you will never get injured again. You are pain-free. What are you actually doing? And I think that helps people because some people like that, some yeah. people can't see past the pain. And you say 12 months time, you're pain-free. And they're like, well, and like that might never happen. It may never happen. They may always get some sort of niggle recurring in the background thing that comes up every now and then. Mm-hmm. But that's not a massive issue. So it's it's sort of getting them to forecast and think and have this sort of like little moment of like, okay, if everything could be perfect, what would you actually do? And so it's like, okay, so we're not working towards fucking no pain. We're working towards that. Like yeah. that is where I'm getting you. And so this journey is does not stop. Like this journey starts when you are pain-free, basically. Like that's, that's, that's the first six, 12 weeks. It's definitely uh, – I, I like that because um, it's – I guess it's the, kind of the same thing I'm try, I try to do but – Yeah, it yeah, mirrors what you talk but, about, but, yeah. But, come, but they obviously they come to me for a different reason. I do have people who come to me who like hurt, hurt, because, hurt in the deadlift and squat. Mm. So, you know, we, we – But technique is half the battle. Yeah. Like – um, but the same thing, if someone comes to me with, with the regular goals, like, oh, I just want to get stronger in my deadlift or I, you know, I want to lose some weight or I want to build some muscle, Wh- whatever the goal is, it, it is that, you know, we have achieved that. What is, what is long-term and how does that, how does this part we're doing um, apply to the long, mm. to the big story? Because the decisions I make along the way are going uh, are, are to be, be dictated a bit by what that, that end goal is. Yeah. Because we can get caught up in so much little bits of information, little bits of data that we end up, you know, kind of running in circles, but, you know, is it, is it, is it working towards that bigger goal? Sometimes mm-hmm. we just, I find some people get caught up in one thing and try and uh, get affirmation on, on something that is really, really small, mm-hmm. but is that how, how much is that attributing to? Yeah, and I think people can only see what's in front of them the first sort of little bit. Yeah. And so you have to, you have to be that person, that visionary for them, if you will, um, that, goes hey 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 like we're not talking about the next four weeks of your life we're talking about like what do you want to do in 10 years like where are you going to be like you know if you've got a newborn like you're gonna have a 10 year old do you want to be able to not run around in the park with them because you've got a shitty hamstring like that's the shit that i think gen pops really hold on and relate to and it's like it's talking about goal setting to um my staff member last week and she's like yeah I know so I like ask them their goals and their goals get pain-free and so I write that down and I'm like okay but it's not their goal and also that's not objective either that's just a subjective like pain is subjective Mm -hmm. 
So even if you do rate that from a four back to a zero, yes, that's some sort of progress. But how do we then talk about like their goals being way more than that? And it's and it's like the goal at the end of the day is to, is to be happy with everything that you're doing and to, and to have that sense of fulfillment or, you know, um, you know, building a legacy or something, you know, like you need to break that, those walls down and someone goes, I want to lose 10 kilos. And then it's like, okay, why? I'm like, oh, I look a bit frumpy. I don't really like it. Why? And they go, yeah. oh, I just, you know, I'd, I'd like to have a partner and I just don't feel comfortable going out and talking to guys. Okay. Or why? And then it's like, oh, well, I just like, you know, eventually I would like to have a life for myself with a family and, you know, I want to bring children into the world and I want to be a good role model for them. And it's like, cool, that, that is your why. You can, you can, doesn't matter if you deadlift or if you do cardio classes or whatever, but if you bring it back to the deep why that we all have, that's somewhat around that sort of area and you know you might not want kids or you you know you might want to you know be able to educate 10,000 people or whatever it is but we all have this like desire to be more and I think I think we we surface level goal set mm. that, this, this is interesting so I've got to I'm just going to come in because there's a business exercise called a drill is not a drill that and it's a way of working out what your customers are truly motivated by and mm. how you can solve their problem and it goes, a drill is not a drill. A drill is a hole in the wall. And a hole in the wall is not a hole in the wall. It's a place to put a screw. And it's not really a place to put a screw. It's a place to hang a shelf. And it's not really a place to hang a shelf. It's a place to put your books. Because their real goal is they want to read. Mm. Right? But <laughs> but to them, they Ten think... steps back. But they, they, they might come to you and say, I need a drill. Yeah, and that that that's not their motivator. And then basically, you can work back from there and go. Well, what if we just skip the drill out and find another way to create the book side yeah. of thing and actually fix their problem? And I think it's it would definitely be similar in your world in that their goals. I want to be. I mean, the classic one would be weight loss, or I want to put fifty k's on my bench press. And it's like, how do you keep them in perspective over that time period? Sometimes, the, sometimes I find, and you, you might find. That, Getting that why sometimes is really hard. It's so hard. Yeah, I struggle with it. Because people don't know themselves, right? They're not yeah. thought it through. Mm. Especially when you're talking to people who may be a little bit younger or who are just like, you know, they just see someone else doing that. That look, looks cool. Or like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, he gets lots of chicks. So I'm going <laughs> yeah. to do what he did. And it's like, well, if the goal is to get, you know, like a partner or whatever. Stop being a dick. <laughs> Start with that. <laughs> but, but it's literally like... I always struggle to call myself this because um, I feel it sounds a bit wanky and like is very sort of negatively spoken about. But like we are literally like life coaches. Yeah. yeah like, I, like I cringe when I, when I talk about that I, word. I feel but the same. I feel I'm sorry, cringe. But it, you but are. Yeah. Like I'm literally and, – and I used to sort of say, you know, like 27, like I don't have life experience. Like what are you talking about? But here I am talking to 50-year-olds who own – you know, build um, like thousand thousands of dollar bu- businesses and and whatnot, and I'm just life coaching them on like, okay, well, like you need to get adequate sleep and you need to work on your recovery, and it's like I've I've sort of brushed off the fact that I'm young, um, and sort of gone, you know, like I still have value to be able to help these people, and it it's at the end of the day, like the the method is just exercise, but it's the principles and whatnot that surround all of that to get someone 
what they truly want. Mm. I guess it's also how much they let you yeah. do as well because you might find someone who might not know their why. They might not want to change their sleep. They might not want to do, do much else. It's like, well, it's either – I guess I feel sometimes I either – not going to help them because they're not going to help themselves mm. or be it's like you know we start we start here and does this progress does this goal progress or does mm. this do you find you're that way as well like does like does does over time the goal expand and change and the why changes over long periods of time with each client I think like I think it always will right yeah. like depending on their their life circumstances and like you'd probably have noticed this being a, a new dad yeah. Um, like everything's changed just like your perspective on everything like you you probably want to make sure that you're super fucking proactive so you can get home and spend time with your family and whatnot and it's like the goal now isn't to work 12 hours a day six days a week the goal now is to be able to create a life that you love it's almost dangerous to work off the presumption that the goal's not going to change you almost have to work off the fact that it's going to change because you i mean as a coach could you and a practitioner, could you see yourself in a situation where if you're still working towards a goal that's no longer relevant six months in, then you're, you're doing harm, right? Well, Potentially. But, yeah, well, I mean, you're made redundant. Like, yeah. So this is why I stopped talking about pain. Because I, like, technically, a really fucking good physio gets someone pain-free in a couple of sessions, and then they're redundant. Mm. And then their job isn't isn't there anymore because they've helped in in the goal that they set mm-hmm. but because they set such a superficial goal it was very easy to achieve whereas if you go through all of that and it's like okay cool well when you feel like you are that that inspirational role model for your children who is doing everything in their life to support their family and be there and be an active role and also help the community and whatever else their goal is like that's a process like yeah I have a business coach and it was like, okay, two years minimum working with me. You're not going to get anything. Like how are you, mm. how are you actually going to get anything done in any less time than that? Like a business shouldn't be something that you tap in and tap out of just like training. It's got to be that long. Well, wouldn't that be good if you could just take your clients on and be like two years, sign up now. Do it. Why not? That, what, that's a great point. I, I mean, never like, thought about it that way. Right. I what? mean like if you're, <laughs> if you're training someone to be a powerlifter, who's ever got, to world class in two years, no one. No. Well, you were saying before it takes at least three years, doesn't it? it? At least three years before they're set up to be the right, set up to be an athlete. Yeah. You know, because there's so much development they got to do, and they have to learn those lessons themselves. Mm-hmm. You got to build. You got to. It's almost you got to like build those lessons up for them, build up those life experiences. Mm. It's like you know what's going to happen, so you set it up for them, and then they go through it, and then they learn. Yeah, you know, sometimes I can't tell them. You can't tell them what's going to happen. You can't tell them what they're going to do. You can't always tell them they're like if you're right. You just sometimes have to let them experience. That's what ends up building, building that athlete, a really good athlete. There's a business. There's a business there that I swear. If you just, I mean, this is completely on a segue, but like, if you just advertise in five years, I can make you world class. World class. If you do what I tell you. What's that worth to you? And just give me that money up front, well, <laughs> and I'll and for the next five years I'll get you there. But why, like, that, well, because that's well, what they want. Why would they do it? But we've done month? A, we've done disservice to ourselves and the industry yeah. by not talking about that. Good point. Yeah. And I think I've definitely done that in the past too, where I've gone, oh, you know, like it'll be six weeks and then we'll reassess, and they're like out of pain. They're like, see ya. Mm. It's like, but they're not even close to anything. And 
uh, like I've just started um, sprint training just as a another side hobby yeah, yeah, <laughs> to okay. um, to help learn and, and, and educate my clients on, you know, running mechanics and things like that. So um, that's sort of something I've taken up. And, and so I literally like called up this national level coach and I was like, yo, can I join your squad? And she was like, yeah, okay. Fuck yeah. I mean, if you don't ask, you never know. But um, there's people who've been there for 10 years with this same coach. And it's like uh, these people are aiming to get to the Olympics. Like they know and they understand the process. But the general person is like, oh, no, like that's a long time. And I'm like, cool, you're going to stop exercising in five years? <laughs> yeah, are you going to stop needing to pick things up in life? <laughs> or like, like being strong is important, right? The lessons never stop, though. Of course like they do. Comes, yeah. comes six, seven years later, and like, you know, those athletes have been with me for a long time, still learn, still learn a lot. Mm. You know, I'm still learning a lot too. Mm. You know, it just keeps, it keeps, yeah. it keeps going. It's a constant journey, isn't it? The other thing um, on that, I was talking to my business coach about literally on Friday, was you know, like if you, if you set up these like oh, okay, twelve weeks or six months or whatever your your time frame is, it's like. People will tap out when things get hard. And if you are not there to help pull them through those things and be like, no, I'm not giving up on you and I'm not letting you give up on yourself, like that takes time. Like if you give someone six weeks, they're like, oh, it's too hard. I just prefer to not. And it's like, "Uh uh-uh. If you actually want to help, you need to have at least a year, two years to properly put people through this and that's – a little bit that I'm changing through my business model as well because it's like I've, I'm so frustrated of not being able to provide the value that I know I can provide. Mm-hmm. And I've seen clients who've done 12 weeks with me versus three years with me. And I, and, and I think we do a disservice to the industry by selling ourselves short and saying oh, it's only like a 12-week process or whatever you, you want to sign them up for um, because it's not. Mm. And so we're, we're lying to them. But we're also, I think it comes back to a self-belief thing. Like when, when, you're, when you're young in the industry especially, you're like, oh, I don't know if I can like get someone these results. And it's like, well, I'm in the middle of creating like a coach's mentorship and I'm fucking sick of um, these weekend courses that you remember 10% of two weeks later that you've just paid $600 for. And it's like that's not actually providing someone of value and how do they go back – and reflect on that and then implement it with a client three weeks later and then come back and review and assess and change things and talk about it. So I'm in the process of creating like a coach's mentorship that's going to be a year commitment. Because that's the way to do it. <laughs> fucking is, like, yeah. And it, it's not because, you know, I want to get a fucking a boatload of money, but it's because people need that much time to even start to get anywhere near what they want to achieve. And I think it needs to be the same with clients. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's almost like I take people through like a client mentorship because of all the facets of life that we deal with. So. We were, when we were speaking with Sarah, we had um, one of Gus's best lifters on Sarah um, and we were discussing like the realities of what it's like to be an elite powerlifter. Mm. And what we were kind of saying is there's lots of people who are like, I want to be like Sarah Rainbow, right? But then they want you to do it in that kind of in one year. And I don't want to have to eat 5,000 calories a day for fucking three weeks. I don't want to have to 
do all the sleep stuff and all the recovery stuff and all the kind of shit you have to do in your life to actually yeah. get there. And it it, it is, it isn't it. Yeah, you almost have to readdress that. You can't you can't explain to anyone what it takes because that is something you learn over yeah. time. Mm. You said like I set up those I set up those lessons over over years. Like I know my I know my approach to like the per- person's first comp, second comp, third comp. Mm. You know, because at every level, because it can, you can just keep, it's nearly infinite rabbit hole, isn't it? Like you can keep building on how much they got to, how much they got to fine tune mm. when, it get, when you get more and more and more elite. Um, but I lost my train of thought. Lost my, absolutely completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> You're talking about um, getting more elite and every comp, you sort of learn something new and you can't like, Fast track yeah, that. so you try to explain that to someone to someone else, and they just get absolutely scared of what that is. It's like, right. well, you, you might be a person who could do that one day. It's just you haven't learnt all the lessons, and you haven't built that passion that that builds over time and that drive. That once you've done your first comp, you, you're itching a bit more on third and second comp, and there's always there was always that one competition where all of a sudden it's like, holy crap, I love this sport. Mm-hmm. So, so do you do you do you just out of interest? Do you plan for the fact that? I know once they hit their first comp, they're going to get that adrenaline hit and then I can kind of adapt after that. I know I can take them to another level. Do you oh, like pro- progressively come to, like it, it still really depends on their goal and what, yeah. like what, how they're feeling after. And I know we'd, we'd assess where they are at mentally, like how, like how excited are they for another one or, or not? Or was, is that it? Was it just, was it just a the thing they wanted to try? But it also comes to the initial question of, of the why mm. as well. Like, if their why was to be elite, then yes, I'm setting them up for yep. setting off because I can't teach them straight away everything. <laughs> they have to learn. They have to learn along the way. They have to make the mistakes along the way, and it's my job to set up the direct them. Yeah. So there's like every time there's like oh a couple of pathways to take. It's like oh which way, which way do we go? Which one? And we it takes years and years and years to yeah. find the right thing. I um it reminds me of um. Uh, saying that Ben Pakolsky has that you don't um, you don't the goal isn't to become a millionaire the goal is to become a better person and it's the process and the journey probably misquoting him but um, it's it's the person that you become along the way mm-hmm. and I think that's the whole point right like at the end of the day it's cool to squat like 300 kilos or whatever but it's the person you become along the way who has to suffer through all those, you know, like nights when they don't get to go out with their friends or drink or they have to, you know, surplus their calories and feel a little bit uncomfortable and push those barriers and and the person that you become because as a result of the diligence and everything that you've been through, that's sort of what you're chasing, not not the actual 300 kilo squat or whatever it is. Because if they don't love, if they don't love who they're being, who they are, mm. doing that, then it's just not gonna. They're not gonna get there because right? it's too, it's too much. Or they it get there and tap out immediately because yeah. they hate it. The, they hate the, themselves for it. The, the millionaire thing's a really good point because, like, um, I had a mate who talked about this. He's he's a tech entrepreneur. He's like, I got loads of friends who want to be Elon Musk, right? And they want to be Elon Musk because they want. He's he's a fucking tech billionaire. He's fucking cool. He does all this stuff. It's like, but if you asked him what's the best thing about his life it's it's all the shit he gets to do in his businesses because that's what he's focused on he just happens to be a billionaire because of it yeah he didn't start going 
I want to make all this money. He just happens to be that rich because he's putting his passion into all the fucking making rockets and all this kind of shit, right? But that was the goal. So if you focus on the 300 kg squat, you, you, you're going to really struggle. Whereas if you focus on, you know what, I want to fucking dedicate myself every day. I want to live, breathe this. I love it. You know what I mean? I'm going to do everything I can. You'll end up getting there anyway, yeah. right? That's like almost a byproduct of it. Yeah, it's it's yeah. like setting process goals and habits to get you to your goal as opposed to like people who have like, oh, I just want to get on stage and compete or whatever it is. Yeah, and it's yeah. like then you then, – then they're the people who rebound the hardest and gain all the weight back that they've lost because right. they weren't actually in it for the right reasons. Yeah, wait, the weight's a big one, isn't it? Weight's a big one. It's like it's like fucking eight week challenges. <laughs> Fuck. It's like just yeah, just change your life like a little bit all the time, and you'll get like, do you know what I mean? And then you'll always but be that way. That's not sexy, and no one wants to do that, and that's boring. Fuck. And like, <laughs> but then so ten hard. years time. <laughs> yeah, right. This is this. It's like this. It's like there's a little battle. Like you know, you're completely right in terms of that. What we need to achieve takes. You need to work with this person for a year or two years, but that's hard to sell. So you're gonna get you're gonna yes I can get you there in three years, you know. It's, but when people say twelve weeks, you know, or eight weeks, this eight week challenge, you're gonna lose twenty kilos. Quick wins, that's what people. Yeah. Quick wins, but then a hard fall too. And then but it it sucks not only for the client mm. because they fall off and they've just gone from all this support and doing everything at one hundred and fucking thirty percent that's unmanageable and non-maintainable through to like crash and burning but it sucks for us as well because we can't reach help them reach their potential mm -hmm. because you've only given them a taste test and um keep pulling things back from my business coach but he um is very much about living and um uh living and dying on the hill so he talks about um like you get to choose which hill you die on but like living 100% to your purpose. And if, like, you yeah. believe it, it takes people three years to get there, then fucking sign them up for three years. Mm. Like, if, like, there is nothing, and, it, and it's just we sort of default, and I've done this before, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then I, like, default and sort of, like, go back into my shell because yeah. of my insecurities. And therefore, I'm not getting someone to where they want to be because I fucked up. And, like, I talk to, like, I have a a couple of mentees as well who I work with and I was talking to her about it. I was like, yeah, she's like, yeah, I just sort of like, I was like, you bitched out, didn't you? And she's like, yeah, I just didn't like, because she didn't, she didn't, she didn't ask for the sale or she didn't, she didn't, she didn't yeah. go to that point. She was like, oh yeah, cool. Like, let me know if you need anything. Oh. And it's like, it's so frustrating. Sales training is the biggest thing. After yeah. you, and it's, but you're sell but this the best thing about it you're selling someone their health and life transformations which is massive so like someone told me like a while ago they're like oh like you're a good salesperson i was like i'm fucking selling you your own health and fitness like, <laughs> it shouldn't yeah. be that hard like i shouldn't have to sell this to you i said if you just this is this, this uh, statistic and it was it was if that if you just request something you're like you're like 60% chance of of making it happen or making the sale. But so if you request something for a particular reason, you're like a 92, 93% chance of actually making, getting your request that you, that you asked for. Yeah. I mean, we can go into like sales here. My, my wife is, she, she's incredible at sales. She used to run a massive sales team. Um, she now runs our business, but, um, 
she's taught me heaps and, and 99% of it is do you feel like you're adding value right and for anybody in this industry you are 100% adding value to someone's life everybody knows what somebody who is fit strong healthy happy like that that's a good place to be right so if you're actually solving a problem for someone and helping somebody you should have no problem saying I want to help you and that's going to cost this mm. now don't get me wrong if you're selling fake watches and stuff yes I can understand where there's a bit of I feel bad about asking for it but I, I think you've got to throw away I, I think this industry is really bad at it so bad because the other thing is if you're doing an eight-week challenge and you get somebody to another eight-week challenge down the line you've failed them really haven't you they shouldn't be coming to two if it's, it's a transformation thing it, you should have done your job and they should be transformed which obviously takes consistency but stop fucking worrying about whether people want to pay for what you've got because mm. deep down they do right you just but the thing is no one sits in front of a personal trainer just for shits and giggles right, like exactly like you're there so <clears throat> my um my previous uh, employer, he um, he was a PT and he had like, I don't know, like 25 ex-phys and physios working underneath him and he was just managing the business side of things. And like he obviously, you know, like worked hard on, on the sales and things like that and understands understands how to tap into that, which I think we really sort of struggle with. And I think, yeah, if you can, like he was saying that like, you know, like to just have a consult with you, they have to get up, they have to put workout gear on, they have to drive to the gym, they have to sit down with you for probably better part of an hour. Um, they have to go through some movements that might make them feel uncomfortable. And then they have to like, that's a lot of steps someone's taken just to spend an hour of their time with you, which is one of our most valuable assets. Like people aren't doing that for shits and giggles. People want someone to be like, they want to realize that this is the person who's going to help them. And if we bitch out and go, oh, yeah, like, I guess if you want to do some training, like, yeah. then it's like, yeah, I'm here, dickhead. Like, <laughs> tell me. What. Oh, yeah. Or, 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 or you, the other thing you do is, like, you bend over on price and it's like, just don't don't devalue yourself. That's one thing you did really well with Lifters League and that you do now. Like, you're expensive. But, but worth it. But you're expensive because you're fucking good at what you do. Like, the value is, obviously, you don't want to way overdo um, as a proposed to the value, right? It's got to match the value. But if you're really fucking good at what you do and you can do something for them, then value yourself appropriately, right? People put money and, and, and ethics so close so close together. So it's like, yeah. you know, if they charge more, they feel bad about charging more because they're not giving themselves that value. It took me a long time. Yeah, of course. I yeah. had, yeah. Uh, me too. And I, I, had, I had to. I got to this point literally recently where I, I was like, I already feel like I'm probably one of the most expensive ex-fizz in Brisbane. And then I've had to up my prices because I have someone new coming on with me and to make her look more attractive, um, uh, the the price needs to marry up. Like we can't, obviously we can't be charging the same price if I've got six years experience and she has yeah, 0.5. Yeah. So um, I had to up my prices and, and, and it's awkward and it's hard and you are going to lose some people. But at the end of the day, like I, like I had a second solution. And so, and she was, you know, a lot more financially viable option for some people. Mm. And, you know, if, if you ever want to scale and we were talking about this before, you want to do education. It's like, 
how much is your time worth to spend with one person when you can educate thousands? Yeah. You know, like, exactly. and and that's the thing that I I struggle with, but I have to. We, I think we ha- we both have to come back to and be like, I can you know sell my time for an hour, or I can educate thousands of people, and the the value of that. It's like, is it worth one client? Hmm. Probably not. Mm. <laughs> I, my, so the, the I love clients. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> and I still yeah want that. But you can help more people with. No, of course, and there's there's, there's and it doesn't mean that they then don't access the services at all. Like you've given no, exactly. them an alternative. Yeah. It's just more in line with their goals, right? My mate who was talking about when he was doing website design, fuck it, this is genius, right? He he had, I don't know, 20 clients and he doubled his prices and just said, I'm worth more now and better. Sent them all an email saying, I'm worth double. So that's what it's going to cost. He said, I lost half. He said, I literally lost half my clients. Same, he same said, money. but I made the same money and I work half as much. That, I mean, the extra genius was instead of filling the extra time with more clients, he just decided not to work anymore. So he did like he went to like 14 days a month or something, earning the same money. Mm. But that, in, in terms of your industry, like and what you guys are trying to do, that is really, really, really important, isn't it? Like you've got, you've got to free yourself up and value your time hugely. Because you can get roped. I mean, you're in a situation now where you're getting more and more and more clients, right? And it's like, when does it become unmanageable? And yeah, it's yeah, it's. I think there's so much uh, just your own Limiting confidence beliefs. and and um, how you value yourself. Because I I found I found the the more I've valued myself, it's just then it was actually never a problem, no matter how high the price had gone. It was never. It was if people wanted to work with me or I valued it enough, then I'd never had a problem selling. Well, that's the other thing. You don't even. A lot of people don't even ask. Are you happy to pay this? You convince yourself, oh, they'll never pay that. Mm. And it's like, and then you ask them, like, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, definitely. If you can get me here, I'll pay you. And sometimes they may even pay you more than you think, right? I, I remember. I need, I need to see. Um, the first. This is actually the first time I met Andrew Locke. It was about mm. five years ago. And I had a serious, I had serious injuries, and who I went to, no one could, no one could fix me. Um, then I was down the rabbit hole of surgery, and say like, I don't want surgery. And I've heard of I heard of Andrew with non-surgical approaches to to fixing some of the knee injuries I had, and um, I was ready to pay whatever. I, I literally mm. took six hundred bucks with me, so I had no <laughs> idea how much it was going to cost. Um, he, he, ended, he ended up doing it. He ended up doing it for free because we ended up having great conversation and. And um, end up actually coming, tell him to come to Lifters League, and um, he ended up working with us for like three, four years. So um, that was a good find. But yeah, if I think some pe- people are there to who who be willing to pay if you valued, you're valued in yourself yeah, enough. And, and it's you know it's partly you have to value yourself, but also like the amount of work that we don't realize that we've put in behind the scenes to go yeah. through all of this. And like I've built a moderate presence online um to the point where it's like hopefully now the people who are coming to see me already know like and trust me they don't care what i cost they're like you're the person who can help me yep and so you have to be able to like in the industry we have to eventually stop trading time for money yeah and and, and (laughs) in my industry in in film production i i come up against this all the time where people like 
Oh, but it only takes you, you know, you film, it takes this amount of time, and it only takes you X amount of time to edit this thing, right? So why are you so much? And I, what I always say is you're not paying for my time 90 minutes. You're yeah. paying for my 10 years of busting my ass to learn the fucking shit that Fuck yes. allows me to do it so well for you. Yep. And, and, like, for you guys, like, how, how long have you spent fucking at midnight going through research papers and fucking... And the other thing is, for you lot, like, you'll be constantly honing and updating mm. your methods and all that stuff. Like, that, then they're paying for that as well, right? Because they're accessing the fucking outcomes. Yeah. Well, like, a surgeon is, like, 10 grand, or a minimum, mm. like probably 20. I think it, for like back surgery, it's like 20 grand and they spend maybe a maximum of 20 minutes in one consult with you and maybe two hours in surgery. Like you're paying for an outcome. You're not paying for the time that you see them. And the exact same thing, like they've done this for, you know, 10 years of study and 10 years in the field and you're paying that. So. Fuck, we, we turned it into a business. <laughs> <laughs> business and fitness podcast all the it's all the all the, princi- all the principles just are all the same they just apply and Every apply area. to different fields and but yeah. essentially the core principles are the same they are aren't they so basically sign yeah. up for three years and you'll <laughs> fucking get what you want don't expect quick fixes it's, it's making me think about how i should i i seriously think if you market in three to five years i will get you to here if you do everything and within reason if you do everything i tell you and you commit to that would you commit to that the thing is you don't even need you don't need 50 people to do it you need four mm. <laughs> and then you're like sweet yeah good to go anyway maybe that would help you get better results as well i don't know maybe there's something but then there. you're working on with people who are that committed and you've got that long-term vision like i used to when I worked in my previous company, it was you pay at the end of every session, which is what happens in allied health, which is why I dislike it so oh, much. Yeah. But it's like you pay at every session. So it's like, oh, do you want to come back? And every time felt like you had to resell them. Oh, fuck that. And yeah. it's like yeah. if you have torn your ACL, it's a minimum nine yeah. months recovery. Like why don't you just – like if you're actually committed to that – We'll just lock that in now like because your ACL injury isn't getting better in anything less than that. <laughs> true i mean and you have the, at least the benefit of that acl is always going to be there so there's always that nudge for them to kind of do something about it with you i remember having a discussion with you and you were like i'm just fucking over dealing with clients who aren't going to go the distance like and you were just like i just need to weed out the ones that but aren't going to do what year, it takes three-year contracts they're fucking, weed them out. they're fucking committed then right yeah. so you know they're in it they're in it, right? Absolutely. So you know you can work with them long term. They're pretty. And good. then you can actually program them accordingly. Like I was programming someone, being like, "Oh, I don't know if they're coming in the next session." And right, it's like, how yeah. do you long term periodize program someone? I think there's one thing I do. Like I, 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 I sell, I sell my thing. The main thing I sell is man- management plans. Mm. So it's like you know I am your coach and I manage injury management, recovery management, stress mm-hmm. training program. That's what I actually sell. My coaching sessions are actually a different service. You pay to come see me for my time. Mm. Um, otherwise, the results are going to come from me strategically coming up, a pl- coming up with a plan for you in all these areas and we tackle one thing at a time. Let's get the training going. Okay, let's look at the nutrition. Okay, how is that is working? So all right, what things need to be addressed? Like, mm. And then we just – and then it, it just keeps, keeps – Life coach. 
Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it, I, yeah, we yeah, all cringe, are. but yeah. literally. So, but that's the thing. Same with me. Like, um, people are like, oh, how much are you? And I'm like, okay, you're comparing me to every other exercise health professional mm-hmm. who charges by their time. I have, um, like systems and processes, I have uh, you can, like m- messaging services where you can send me any videos of any technique or questions or I get people who message me on the weekend and be like, oh, I fucked my ankle or this happened or how do I do this and I'm there for them. But that's why I charge what I charge because I'm not doing that for 60 people. I'm doing that for a select group of people who are very committed to this but I'm equally invested back in them. And it's like on top of that, I've got an app that has all my apps. There's videos of me demonstrating the exercises. So it's literally like virtual coaching and you get exact technique. And then it is it is all that sleep and recovery aspect as well. And it's like that is what my price is worth. It's not 45 minutes a week with me. Mm-hmm. That's not what you're paying for. That is a percentage of what I do. I think it's the way to, it's the way to do it. It's just, just try and somehow turn it to – Well, uh, I mean the other thing is like – do less, but be cheaper. That that's fair yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. But don't yeah. then go. Don't then go to a Ferrari garage and want to hand over fifty k and expect to like. A that's Ferrari. not how it works, right? But for some reason in this industry, everyone's like, well, everybody does the same thing, and and there's a there's a fair bit of work to put in people when you do this because you are quite involved with that person i've spent hours on the phone to like just individual clients just backing them off the fucking edge of the cliff where they're like no i'm done i'm out and i'm like no 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 that is not okay that's not like what you're just gonna like put up with this the rest of your life the pain that you have or the like you told me that you want to be a role model for your daughter and be a strong woman who you know is able to conquer the world and do all these things do you think that is getting you there and it's those conversations that like I had a client who messaged me the other day he's like Zen back's feeling good today I'd love to just spend our session going for a walk and having a chat with you mental health isn't great and that's what he fucking needed and he's and then that's what like that's what they're paying for they're paying for you to be their person it's it's has little to do with the exercise. Well, that, that's I mean that's what that that comes up again and again right you just you just basically chat with your clients but this is also why, like, I think this is this is why there's a strong relationship between how you're coaching your and your business model and understanding your business because, you know, you can't go to the standard, typical cheap, you know, that you have to stop racing to the bottom. Mm. Fucking hate that shit. Just because if you if you're trying to if you're selling cheap, you ha- then your business model demands volume. Mm. You know, if you're I I've had to be expensive. It's like I've, I've had to make myself be more expensive because I put a lot of work into one person to become what yeah. they do. So I can only take on, you know, a handful of clients where in the past, well, you know, when I wasn't as thorough as I was, I could have, I had, I had actually, I had up to, um, it's like 80, 80, I got to 80 to 100 clients. But the thing is, that was systemized approach and it was, you know, I, yeah. I, 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 I take it that, that that was the wrong. Well, was the wrong there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it, but don't. But you learned that's one not of those what you wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. You know, because for me to produce the result I needed, you know, I needed to spend a lot more time with these mm. people. Yeah. So the business model was around the outcome I wanted with, mm. I wanted with people. So the business model Working changed backwards from there. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. you could be, you can be, you could be a personal trainer who's like, I just want to take a hundred people and get them on average a bit better and happier and get them kind of in the right area, and that's worth X amount. And you could be happy with that, but that like you can't advertise that you're gonna 
change their entire life and do all this crazy shit and charge a little bit. And you can't give all that stuff and charge a little bit either because you're going to fuck yourself over. Like, Yeah. And the thing is like perceived value as well. Like if, if someone's like, oh yeah, Gus Cook and it says like world-class this and this many athletes have got to this level and it's got all these list of qualifications and it says 50 bucks an hour. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you're looking <laughs> at that and you're like, this guy doesn't value himself or his services mm. at all. Like you have to price accordingly because people people use the dollar figure as a perceived value as well before they've even met you. So if you're not pricing your if you're pricing yourself too low or too high, then people are going to look at that and go, mm, that's not right. Yeah. Or they're going to be like, you know, if you, you're charging 50 bucks, like, oh, he's just a shit coach. Like, he's just must, you know, freshy or whatever. We'll talk, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, we went off a tangent there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we better... <laughs> we probably, yeah. So we're an hour and 15 in. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you for inviting me on. Thank you for coming. I realise it was a little bit business as well as oh, we talked about it got there in the end yeah no no pain management all that kind of stuff yeah but i I think it's important it all matters (laughs) all right well uh yeah signing off thanks for coming in thank you